Let me tell you two ways you can reach out to us. The first is by leaving your message, either a comment or a question, on our 24-hour podcast hotline at 407-536-7398. Your call will go directly to voicemail. We sometimes edit messages, include them in these podcasts, but if you prefer that we don't, just tell us. You can call anytime. That number is 407-536-7398. A more personal way of connecting with us is by scheduling a phone coaching session with either me, Sharon, or Jennifer. We offer both 25 and 50 minute sessions, and you can schedule sessions through our website. For all the information you need, go to affairhealing.com coaching. Thank you for listening. Last week, I was talking to a client who has been struggling with anger in regards to her husband's affair mm. and, and feeling a little bit stuck in it mm. <laughs> over time. One of the last times I spoke to her, we just talked about her need to move past the anger that sometimes felt so out of her control mm. in order for the relationship possibly to mend and move forward. Mm-hmm. When we talked last week, one of the first things that came out of her mouth was, thank God for Wellbutrin. (laughs) (laughs) She had decided to go talk to her doctor about Mm. some of the emotional troubles she was going through, Mm -hmm. and he recommended medication. Mm -hmm. She had been resistant to it before, but decided to take it. Mm -hmm. And she talked about how it's made all kinds of difference in her ability to cope and move Mm -hmm. forward. That prompted me to think about doing this podcast, for you and I to spend just a little bit of time talking about what we experience with clients who are sometimes reluctant to take prescription medication to help them. Yeah, I find it often reluctant, honestly. I've had a lot of clients that are just very, they don't want to do it. And recommending prescription medication is not something either you or I jump to as the cure for everything. Mm -mm. But sometimes we feel it really could be helpful and surprised sometimes by why people are reluctant Mm -hmm. to take it. Mm-hmm. So this is not a commercial for Wellbutrin necessarily. <laughs> no. Although number if of they people... want to pay us, we could take it. But... <laughs> sure. <laughs> but it is a chance for us to talk about the reluctance and sometimes the benefits and what people might want to consider. Mm-hmm. I think it would be helpful. I usually try to encourage people to not close that door so quickly before kind of really giving it some thought as to why they wouldn't want to take medication and why they would. So let's talk about it. Okay. Welcome to The Recovery Room, a podcast presented by AffairHealing.com. Here are your hosts, Tim and Sharon Tedder. I kind of hit things head on. I'd rather just tuck my head and drop the shoulder and, and just go through it as hard as fast as I can. And that didn't work. <laughs> it just it just didn't. And I felt like that if I took medication, I was putting off the inevitable. I felt like I had to go through it. I'd rather just go through it now and all at one time and just go. If I took the medication, then it would maybe draw it out longer. Uh, maybe yeah. it wouldn't be as hard, but it would take longer. And I didn't want it to take longer. That was one piece of it. Another piece was uh, I've had some family members that had some issues with uh, prescription medication uh, opiates, and mm. that's a hot mess. So I, I, I don't want to take anything. 
So I, I was really worried about having to need them. I was worried that if I started them, you know, what was what's the other side of that look like? What's the other side sure. of that coin? What's the other side of that hill? Luckily, I got mine prescribed from my actual uh, general practitioner, and he asked no questions. I just said, I'm going through something pretty traumatic right now, and I can't function. I can't work. You know, I, I can't do much, and I need something to just let me get through. And he prescribed the, the Wellbuterin and the Trazodone. It made it much easier to function or to, to deal when I could get some sleep. Those are the comments of one man who struggled in the aftermath of his wife's affair. Mm -hmm. And he was reluctant to take medications. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to hear more of his story later on in the podcast. But what are some of the things that you and I hear from the clients that we work with Mm -hmm. as far as reluctance and even considering taking medication to help them cope with strong negative emotion? Well, I really think generally, like an overview here of my own opinions, I think there's still a confusion between medications that make you feel high versus medications that stabilize your mood. I think because of the fact that it is a mood situation, Mm -hmm. um, you know, antidepressant medicines, if they are administered correctly and for the right reasons and in the right dosages and all that, essentially when you take them, you are brought up to a normal level where other people feel general levels of happiness or general levels of coping skills, that kind of stuff. Right. Well, that fear of either feeling high or for some people... Feeling numb. Yeah, I'm just going to numb me out. I won't feel Mm -hmm. anything. Right. I don't want to do that. See, that I think comes from the history of medication, where it used to be like, if you ever saw that movie, A Beautiful Mind, where they would dope him up from Mm -hmm. his schizophrenia and he was like drooling, Mm -hmm. you know? I really do think people think that that's what it'll be like. And some people will, I'll hear comments of, well, I was very numb on this one particular medicine. I just want to give my experience on the medication or not. One DD I had, the first big one, 2003, I did go on medication and I feel like in retrospect it kind of just facilitated the whole rug sweeping, not dealing with the pain. and then. Another huge D-Day, new one, a couple years ago, and I opted not to take medication. I just felt like, for me, the medication just put me in a state of numbing everything instead of actually dealing with it. So this time I'm just opting to walk through the pain instead of uh, trying to push it away. So it's not an easy road, but for me personally, I feel like it's the healthier option at this point. That's when they haven't been prescribed the right medicine for their particular type of depression. Or they've known a friend or family member Mm -hmm. who Mm -hmm. changed personality or made them numb out from life or something. Yeah, but I just don't think that's appropriate prescribing. And this is the thing, okay? Doctors really don't understand exactly how antidepressants work still. Because Mm -hmm. the brain is so complex and neurology and the study of the brain is still so baby. It's in such an infant 
um, stage of discovery that we don't really get exactly how it works. We kind of do, but kind of don't. Generally, if you're going to a doctor for depression or anxiety, it will be a trial and error thing usually. Sometimes they give you the right thing right away and you feel better and it's like, oh my gosh, I never realized how I could feel so normal again, um, living under that cloud of depression for so long. That's great if it happens the first time. But sometimes it's a trial and error. Sometimes the first one, it's like, doc, I feel sleepy, I feel loopy, I can't deal. Okay, well, let's try something different then. And sometimes, um, sometimes Wellbutrin is prescribed on its own, but sure. sometimes with mm-hmm. other medications yep. as well. Sometimes on its own, sometimes with others, because it works differently and it keeps you a little bit more awake. Yeah, but the point of medication is not to make you high or numb no, you out. it's to even you out. Yes, it's to allow you to be back in control again. Mm-hmm. The medication does not take control over you. Right. It's changing your emotional experience. I mean, it's shifting the mood so it's back closer to normal. Yes. You still feel sadness. You Mm -hmm. still feel pain. It's not that stuff doesn't go away. Right. But you have a better ability to cope. Yes. The analogy that I would offer is like thyroid problems. Low thyroid makes somebody feel tired, sluggish. They don't feel right. They gain weight. They're just like, you know. Mm -hmm. Really, that's a mood thing, too. It can really affect you to feel tired chronically and to feel all like under what your normal energy levels are. So they have synthetic thyroid stuff. They give you this pill. You take it once a day and bam, you have normal energy again. You're back up to a normal level. So I would kind of offer that as an example of what correct antidepressant medicine should do for you where you felt low and buried in sadness and can't quite feel happy even things that you know should make you happy i've often described it as looking through a glass you can see the happiness on the other side and think i know i should be feeling these feelings i can't quite touch them like i see them and i can't feel it Mm -hmm. that's what depression feels like for a lot of people So you take this medicine that suddenly now I can feel happy again. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you still feel sad, you still feel all those feelings, but you can also feel the happy feelings when it's appropriate to feel them. Some clients fear that if they start on a regiment of prescription medication, Mm -hmm. that they're going to depend on it for the rest of their lives. They're going to become addicted to them in Mm -hmm. some ways. Mm -hmm. And again, that's a misconception mm-hmm. and understanding there are different types of medication. There were there are medications that used to be used in the past that aren't used as much now, mm-hmm. but there are certain medications that they're not addictive at all. No, because it just makes you feel normal. Yeah, That's the point of it. And, and if it, you stop taking them, you're not craving that medication again. You no. might miss feeling normal, yeah. so you, you want to go back to it. Right. But. but see, again, I think part of the problem is part of the hesitancy is that stigma that is still surrounding mental health. It's sad, but you know, you're hearing more about it now. I think social media is picking up on it. It's like since celebrities like Robin Williams, you know, his suicide and stuff, people are starting to go, hey, we need to address mental health issues. Mm -hmm. Hey, we need to stop stigmatizing it so much. But I really do think some of it comes from that because I mean, look at the thyroid analogy again, right? My mom has been on thyroid medicine since she was in her 30s. And that's okay. She just takes her pill every day and she's normal. So what's wrong with that? Like, would you look at my mom and go, oh, you're addicted to that medicine? (laughs) No. But why? Because it's not a mental health thing. Sure. Once it's a mental health issue or having to do with mood, like I said at the beginning. There's a stigma of 
weakness mm-hmm. associated with that. Right. I mean, right. Weakness of character or personality right. or whatever. Oh, that, you can't just tough yes. it out. <laughs> you, you have to actually take a pill every day. Yeah. That is sad to me. I think that's one of the most tragic things because I do think it helps people from getting some of the relief that they need. And it's all rooted in biological function. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, personally, you know, dysthymic disorder is what they used to call it. Uh, it's a low-grade melancholy. That mm-hmm. runs in my family. So I've always been a little bit of a melancholy person. Now, over the years, I have really practiced a lot of, you know, all the mindfulness stuff and all the positive stuff that I've tried to practice that really does help me in changing my outlook on life. But medicine definitely has been helpful for me personally. I have no qualms about that. I don't feel that it's a weakness or anything. I think that my brain chemistry from genetics in my history has predisposed my brain to not quite make enough serotonin. (laughs) And I I really don't feel that that's anything weak or embarrassing. It's just like I said, somebody else with a thyroid that doesn't quite make enough thyroid hormone. Another defense against taking it, and and I think we especially hear this from men, is the feeling like, well, if I'm strong, Mm -hmm. and if I'm gonna beat this thing I'm going through, Mm -hmm. I've just gotta knuckle down, push my way through it and not reach out for this artificial help. If I take something that just makes me feel better, then when I stop taking it, I'm going to be faced with all the stuff that I haven't worked through yet. Somehow that feeling like I've got to sink in this pain and and (laughs) tough my way through it. That's how you heal. If you start taking medication, you're just leaving the real healing for another day. But that's not accurate either. No. I I mean, the medication actually allows some people to start dealing with their healing for the first time. Right. Absolutely. Because it helps you see clearly. Again, back to that example I gave earlier of like looking through a glass that's like dark. Um, once that's removed, you can see clearly, oh, now I, I'm out of that really depressed mood or that really anxious stuff. And I can see, oh, here's where I need to work on myself. Here are the things that I need to work on. You can actually see them clearly for the first time. Also, um, as far as what you just said about men kind of wanting to like knuckle down mm-hmm. and like do it, you know. I would say, well, if you wanted to put a nail into a board, would you say, oh, I'm just going to knuckle down and do it with my hand. I'm going to figure out a way to just Maybe tough men would. Tough (laughs) man it out, you know. Or would you use a hammer, which is a tool to help you get that nail into Mm. the board? And I really look at medication as that. It is a tool to help you get to the healing that you need then hopefully maybe someday you can wean off of that medicine and be in a better place. That's a complete possibility. Sure. When, when properly prescribed and taken, mm-hmm. medication doesn't take control away from you. Right. It gives control back to you. Exactly. And, and we should say as counselors, and, and if some of the people listening to this are going to a counselor, chances are your mental health professional cannot prescribe medication for mm-hmm. you unless mm-hmm. they're a doctor, unless they're a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can only recommend that people go talk to someone about getting a prescription to help them. Mm-hmm. But for many people, it may be just your primary care physician, sure. especially if it's kind of just you know, depression, some anxiety mm-hmm. and so forth, talk to them and they may be able to prescribe, you know, medication for you to help you get through this. Mm-hmm. I noticed when I asked about this on the forum, a lot of the people that responded also gave testimony of Wellbutrin being a medication yeah. that yeah. helped them. That's that's a relatively newer mm-hmm. kind of antidepressant mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. being um, prescribed 
but it seems to be one that works for a lot of people. It may be one that's worth asking about, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but there can be others as well. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing. Like antidepressants have come a long, long way since they first started. They used to be a lot more of like a gunshot, you know, as far as scattering out around around your brain and hitting a lot of different areas. So they had a lot more side effects. But now with these serotonin you know, ones like they're called SSRI, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. You sound <laughs> very smart when you thank say that. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, no, but with those, they are a lot more targeted. They are more like a, a rifle shot. It's like one particular area of the brain gets targeted. So there are less side effects. If you've recently found out about an affair, it's going to be normal for you to experience some extreme levels of emotion. Mm. It's going to be normal for you to be losing some sleep. Oh, yeah. We don't necessarily encourage people to rush right out and get some meds no. to be on. For the first couple weeks, few weeks, that's going to be normal. You'll probably experience an even out of those things on their own. Right. But what we're concerned about is that person that remains stuck yep. into those feelings and can't seem to get out of that slog of despair or anger or whatever, right. however it's being expressed. And if that's true of you, if you've been stuck in these and you are not taking medications, we strongly encourage you to talk to your doctor about something Mm -hmm. that might be helpful for you. Sure. Don't be afraid. I think that that's kind of a thing. People are afraid. And like that one client, you know, mentioned in that interview, you know, he said his family members had struggled with opiate addiction and whatnot. Antidepressants are very different. Yes extremely different than opiates. Uh, It's not the same thing at all. So please don't be afraid to talk to your doctor about it. Well, he had a lot of things to share that I think are common experiences Mm -hmm. of clients we work with. So let's go back and listen to some other things that he shared with us. Well, what changes did you experience once you started taking medication? I could just sleep. It didn't help you sleep all night, but it let me get about three to four hours. And that was, you know, a godsend. Um, so that helped everything else, having some at least some rest. But the Wellbuterin, I would describe it, it didn't make you feel good, but it made you feel less bad. It would help me not get so far down. It was, uh, especially in the early months, I had a one-track mind. I mean, my mind couldn't go anywhere other than that. It was miserable. The Wellbuterin helped me be able to, to switch the train off that track, at least for a little bit. So it helped me be able to change the track my mind was on. It gave me a little bit more control. I didn't have. So it actually, in reality, gave me the control that I was afraid I was going to lose more of. You can be more intentional about the direction you're moving rather than being overwhelmed by all the negative stuff. Yeah. It was enough for me to get through, and I had no ill side effects coming off of it. I just just quit taking it. You know, I've got a child that's on some psychotropic type of drugs. Mm -hmm. Um, I never looked at her as weak. I've never looked at anybody that needed it as weak at all. I mean, not even the slightest. I've wrestled with that in my brain for a long time before I started taking medication was, how can you not look at somebody else as being weak, but yet you think yourself as weak (laughs) for doing it? It's kind of hypocritical, right? But I don't know. I'm glad I did. The Recovery Room Podcast is a resource provided by AffairHealing.com. For more information about the podcast and resources for a fair recovery, including archives of past programs and the schedule for upcoming ones, please go to affairhealing.com slash podcast. I'm your host, Tim Tedder. See you next time.